Welcome to the third episode of Maxology. Today is Friday, November 8th, 2019. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Max Weinswag, alongside Brian Penzak. How you doing today, Brian? Dude, I'm chilling and a half. That's good. I'm glad we were at a half now because last week we were just chilling, so we're up to a half. We're we're chilling just plus a little extra. Good. I'm glad. Happy Friday, everybody. It's getting a little colder now. The weather is slowly starting to creep up on me keeps getting colder, and now that the lights have turned back, it just keeps getting darker outside. It's 6 o'clock at night now, and it's pitch black, and that's something to get used to. Today, breaking news. This is, this is coming out of Evans, Louisiana. Someone was arrested for selling medical excuse notes to students for $20 each. So for those of you listening to me in Evans, Louisiana, I'm sorry for ratting you out. I'm real sorry about it, but it, that's wild to me. Somebody got arrested for creating these fake medical excuses. And it, and it brought to my attention, I was like thinking about it. When I was in high school, I could arguably miss a week of school and still be fine. I could take a cruise to Aruba for two weeks, maybe even three weeks, and not miss a beat. And if I miss a day of college, I'm so behind. I'm so behind now. And it really kept me thinking, like... Why was there even a purpose of creating these fake medical excuse forms, and why would you even pay someone $20? That's my question. Where is all the creativity nowadays? Like, back when I was in high school, if you wanted to write a fake note, you did that yourself. You didn't hire somebody to do that. Like That's right. Kid, forgery kid, kids forgery nowadays, was not a crime. Kids nowadays are lazy. They're lazy in their in their crimes. Yeah. Now now they just now they just want to say, oh, I have twenty dollars laying around, probably for my parents. Yeah, I'll just give it to this lady. I'm gonna shove her twenty dollars and get me out of school. And now she got arrested. And the kids are chilling. They're not arrested. They might have been suspended. They might go to Saturday school. But that lady is is way in jail right now. And that's that's crazy to think about. She worked at a medical clinic. According to the Huffington Post, she. Literally worked at a medical clinic. She's 52 years old, and she was charged with filing or maintaining false public records. Wow. That's wild. Evans, Louisiana is crazy. 14 occasions. 14 separate times. That's 20 times 14. That's $280. How about that for quick math? $280 worth that she got just to be arrested. She got paid $280 just to go to jail. That's... That's beyond me. Taking breaks in high school was fine. At least for the high school I went, I said, yeah, I got a flu shot, and I could arguably miss the whole day. And and now I, maybe time to change. <laughs> it's not that far off. Three years uh, past, I was in high school, but you know, now I'm in college, and I don't want to miss a day of class because it's just too much to get caught up on. And if I miss that much in high school, I'd be fine, and I could never imagine in a million years paying $20 just to get out of high school for a day when what you learn in high school is is arguably a lot of the same every day, just little variances here and there. Something else that just recently came in the news, there was a guy that stuck weed in his nose, and for 18 years, he had chronic sinus infections, and he kept wondering why he would get these sinus infections. 
For 18 years, he forgot that he stuck... So wait, he had weed in his nose for 18 years straight. Right. He had 18 years of weed in his nose. 18 years. So it wasn't, no, no, no. He, so it wasn't, so he's a 48 year old. Okay. So, so it's not like he was born, shoved weed in his nose and then for, and then just turned 18. Right. But when he was like 30 something or when he was 30, when he was 30, he took a nug and just stuck it up there and forgot for like the lifetime of when somebody is born to when they're legally an adult. Yep. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So a CT scan shows what, what they thought was like a calcified lesion was weed. They removed it, and they said it was a rubber capsule containing degenerate vegetable plant matter. And so they took that and said, yeah, it's probably marijuana. And so... It must have been some pretty good weed if he kept it in his nose for 18 years, though. If it's worth hanging on to for that long, that must have been real dank. Yeah, and apparently everything's going well for the guy. He's breathing a lot better now. <laughs> he doesn't get any more sinus infections. He had chronic sinus infections for the past 18 years. And here's my question. If he had chronic sinus infections, why did the doctor just now decide, oh, yeah, let me take a CT scan and let me figure out what's going on now, 18 years later? I feel like maybe for, like, the first 17 and most of the last year, he probably was just like, ah, fuck it, my nose is fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then eventually he was like, all right, I should probably deal with this. Yeah. I can't imagine he was going in for 18 years straight and be like, I have a sinus infection, and they just weren't doing anything. I mean, that that is wild. According to this report, he had a complete resolution of his nasal issues after having the weed removed. Everything was perfect after so, if you're out there, check your nose. <laughs> if you got some, you might have weed in your you nose. You never That's the know what story. you got in your nose. You never know what you got in your oh, nose. Oh man! Dude. So it, this brings up an interesting point. We're talking about weed being on people, on people's noses now on the news. Is and I feel like ten years ago this wouldn't have been talked about. I feel like it's it's not something that someone says. Oh, someone had weed in his nose. Big whoop. Now I feel like we live in a society where these funny instances are, are making headlines just to, you know, kind of give people a relaxing sort of headline. You know, we don't need to talk about like crazy violence and wars going on. We just want something easy to, to let people talk about today. And it got me thinking what our kids and what their our kids' kids would talk about on the news. So we currently look like history books, for example. When we talk about history, we're talking about World War II, World War I, um, Civil War, Revolutionary War, whatever. U.S. history, global history. And they're still going to be talked about when we have kids and their kids have kids. But I wonder what is currently happening now. You ever think about, like, what is currently happening now or maybe in the past 10 years that people are going to talk about, like, oh, like, let's bring this up in a history book one day. Because history books are forever changing. So it got me thinking 30 years Put 30 years into the future. I mean, granted, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 years, but just as of the past recent memory, past 10 years, honestly, there might be like a whole chapter of social media nowadays, like 30 years in the future. Well, this created social media, which this led to this, which led to people talking in a bigger community than they would have been. And I think it's interesting to talk about the way that our kids and their kids and their kids, kids, kids could even talk about what we are currently talking about. Like, how do we know, which we don't, but how do we know what we're talking about now will even be significant in the next 20 years? And there's obviously things that are going on in science right now that are vastly important and are going to pave the way for whatever we do in the future in terms of biomedical science and research and curing diseases and putting the right foot forward for uh, aero and space 
crafts of that nature, I just always think to myself, what am I doing today? And what am I learning about today that would still be learned about in the future? Because if what I'm learning about today is super different in the future, and it might lay the foreground for what I'm learning about in the future, would that ever be talked about again? Because what we're learning about in new and innovative ways is now history in 20 years. That's wild to think about. Uh, dude, I don't even think it's going to be 20 years. Like A lot of... If you think about the rate at which scientific advancements are made nowadays, like time, in a sense, is speeding up. We're figuring out so much more every day. Like there's, we're in this period of exponential growth. I like, I feel like for for centuries, the world has been like fairly predictable. Like someone in 1600 would have been able to be like, well, in a hundred years, people will probably still be farming. Whereas like us today, like with all the stuff science is figuring out about like quantum physics and string theory and all this other stuff, like. I don't even know if we're going to be around in 20 years. So we've, I don't know, talking about today being history is like relevant, but sometimes I ask myself like, is it, is it relevant or is this just going to be considered an imaginary time in 20 years when they figure out whatever stuff? Right. Right. And we, we can always try to think about the future. And there, there was this video on YouTube that I saw, there was these two physics professors from California talking about string theory and different dimensions. And they were essentially explaining dimensions to a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, an expert, an expert in the field on dimensions. Mm. And they were saying how that there are theories that are so loose right now that are trying to be proven that they're scared to even solve the theories. Right. So they're they're actually intimidated for what they could be solving because it could people hate change. People do not like change. We feel discomfort in change. There's a great YouTube channel called Yes Theory and they have this slogan it's called Seek Discomfort. They essentially say why don't we do what intimidates us? Why aren't we embracing what makes us feel uncomfortable? And it really was fascinating to me to learn that. Because they say, essentially, yes theory is say yes to everything. Someone says, let's throw a dart on the map and go there. Boom, they did it. I think they went to a small town in Russia because they threw a dart on the globe and said, all right, we're going to go to Russia. And it was just something that people have never thought about. What if I did that and actually went through with it? And those same Things could be talked about with these new innovative technologies, and I think that with history and inventions, we take things for granted so much. Oh yeah, the wheel, clothes. Like if let's say nobody invented the wheel, we would be so 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 much slower in everything we do. Yes, but we also wouldn't have problems like trade wars and commerce we would just be in little towns and it, life would just be super seized like True. Su- super easy you're right you're I right mean, like we'd have to worry about like the rain coming and stuff but like we wouldn't have to worry about like you know million dollar deals falling down and that being our responsibilities like people have the responsibilities nowadays people's responsibilities nowadays are just so much they're wild in comparison to what people used to have to deal with at least in some sense yeah and i think that it's just wild to me that the door, a doorknob, a lock. People would just take these things as everyday things. We never think about, like, how did this work? Where did this come from? Who invented this? The toilet. One of one of the most fundamental things, inventions in Americans' lives. For, and, and people just use it. And, and like, we have made a, adaptations to it to make it even better. And we're always trying to get better. And it just it got me wondering, like, 
what if we didn't have these fundamental inventions? We all of a sudden sort of are living in like way back in the pyramid days where like hieroglyphics were, were a thing and people would just uh, not wear anything and just walk around. And they're actually, this is true. People who didn't wear shoes because they didn't have shoes, their feet would be super tough because they would get used to their surroundings that they would walk on. They would walk through like Amazon forests and their feet would be super tough, almost like their feet were shoes. Like hobbit feet. Yeah. And so, and it, it got me thinking, what if we spent a day, a week, and we just didn't use things that we were supposed to go? Okay, we should all be clean. We should use toilet, shower, soap, water, wash hands. We should be clean. But what if... And we should use maybe clothes, too. But what if we just chose one thing out of our lives that we like, ah, I'm not going to use this today, even though you use it a lot? What would happen? What if you went two days without your phone? People, Some some people's lives would, would be, like, horrible. Like, they could not deal with that. I could do that. I know. And there's some people that could. Some people could deal with not brushing their hair every day and not using a comb every day and maybe not brushing their teeth as gross as it may be. But also, there are people that take away your security system. Take away a door, a lock. What happens? Is that that one chance that something goes wrong? Who knows? It's just always fascinating to me, like, parking lines, traffic lights. We trust so much traffic. Like, or, sorry. We, we also, we do trust traffic. But the colors in the traffic light? Who said that, oh, it's green, let's go? Oh, it's red, we should stop. We are trusting something that said, yeah, green, go, red, stop, yellow, slow down. We're just trusting that instinctively. And we're saying, okay, that's fine, it's green, we can go. What if people thought, eh, I don't believe in it, it's red, I'm going to go now. Everything changes. Car crashes happen. People are are injured left and right. But we just follow this social norm, essentially, that everything that we a stop sign. And and I and this is this is just a, a metaphor for a lot of different things because traffic is just an easy way to do it because everybody follows it. When unless you when you go to London, it's completely opposite. Dude, their stoplights are cool. They what they do is when it's getting ready to turn green. It'll turn yellow. So the people at the lights will know to get the hell off their phones because, like, I mean, I feel like the world has accepted at this point that everybody's just an irresponsible driver and is on their phones at, you know, stoplights. But at least in London and England, like, they'll get a warning that says, like, oh, get off your phone. It's about to turn green. Mm-hmm. Right. And shout out, quick shout out to my friend in London listening, Dominic. Hey, buddy. I, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, talking about traffic lights, there's something I wanted to also get to. Police cars. In how they're labeled and how it says police on everything. There is a car, a police car, I think it's in Georgia, that they essentially, the where it says police on the car is invisible unless you turn the light on. And when they're putting out the radar gun and they're, let's say you're speeding, then they turn their police, like, oh, all of a sudden they're police and they're undercover. In London, and Dominic, you'll have to get back to me when you're listening to this to make sure that I'm right here, but... I'm pretty sure that in London, they are prominent in saying that they're police cars because they want everybody to be slow. Whereas if the police car is a sort of undercover and nobody knows, oh, it's a police car, they're just going to speed right past it. And sometimes I think it's unfair, honestly, for an undercover police officer to slow you down and pull you over when they didn't even have the police on their thing. It just has a siren and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm officer so-and-so. Whatever. I just think it's unfair because when we see police, we're instinct is to go slower. And if we don't see police, we're not going to. And they might say, like, well, you should have done this the whole time. Yes, I agree. But if your one rule is to make everybody safe, wouldn't you think 
that they're making people more safe behind the wheel by showing outright that they are police officers, slowing them down, and they don't even have to do anything. I mean, the authority is there. When you see police, you are slowing down. And when you're not seeing police, you're not, it's not on the back of your head thinking, oh, I need to slow down because I see a red Volkswagen. You're not, you're not going to think about that. You're thinking, I see a police car, I'm going to slow down. If you get unlucky and you're speeding, they're going to pull you over. If you don't, you slow down, you're doing fine. And I, I would argue some police officers probably say to themselves, all right, if this guy slows down this amount, they might be speeding, but at least I got them to slow down. They're not going to pull you over. They just want what's safe for everybody. But if we don't even know that there's police cars there, I don't think that you're helping the safety of people behind the wheel. Well, I mean... To be fair, in in America, a lot of police revenue does come from traffic stops. Like there are quotas. Whereas, is that a, is that a fact? As far as I know, there is a day at the end of the month called Quota Day, where if you're on like traffic duty and you don't have a certain number of tickets, something happens. I was I was told this. I I don't know if it's a fact or not, but somebody told me this. I should probably fact check things before I say them, <laughs> but. I, I would, think I don't I think that surprised. it's I don't think it it's a quota necessarily. I think it's something called a productivity goal. Okay, a productivity sense. goal. <laughs> right. I'm just saying police are incentivized to give out tickets because it makes more money for their department. Because in in California, Texas, and Florida, they're prohibited by law. I'm not saying maybe in Virginia, who knows? Quotas are prohibited by law. Yeah. Okay. I don't think those are prohibited by law here. <laughs> right. And we also are in a college town where everybody is getting pulled over left and right. And speaking on college life, people getting pulled over, somebody that may or may not have been pulled over recently, my special guest today, his name is Jason. I can't wait to bring him on to the show. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Welcome, Jason. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. For those of you who don't know, Jason and I have known each other for a few years. Jason is a year older than me. He's a psych major, and he wants to go into marriage and couples counseling. Talk me through that. Why, what made you go through that decision? Um, basically, the destruction of my parents' marriage. Um, that wasn't fun, but I definitely learned a lot, and it's something that interests me, and so I want to help other people kind of who are going through the same situation. I think that it's something that a lot of people could use and that they don't they don't uh, seek out as much as they should. So you currently have a, a girlfriend, right? Uh, that is correct. So if you could give advice to anybody out there, either with a significant other or trying to have a significant other, what, what would you say is key? I mean, I mean, I'll say this. I'm not an expert on on relationships i i definitely will say that my own relationship is really good i love my girlfriend um we have a good relationship with each other um the one thing i will say i I guess getting ahead of myself a little bit once you're in a relationship the key is communication and you're going to hear this from anybody who knows anything about relationships once you're in a relationship in order to make it work you have to be able to effectively communicate now if you're talking about Getting into relationships, I think, well, first of all, you need to find someone that you that you want to be with, that you like, that you're attracted to, and they're also attracted to you. They like you, your personality. It kind of has to you kind of have to have multiple things fall together at the same time, which is easier said than done. So do you think that looks matter is a thing? Do you think that people I, actually well, I go don't, for looks? I don't I mean. Obviously, you're not going to date someone that you're not attracted to, but I think that when when it's you say looks matter, 
different people are attracted to different things. They're attracted to different kinds of people. Not everyone is looking for the six five beefcake. You know, some beefcake, some <laughs> some girls are looking for. You know, like they, the height isn't important to every girl. How muscular you are isn't important to every girl. It's it's really a, a person by person thing. So when you say looks matter, sure, looks are important, but it's not the same looks for every person. I've heard that women are attracted to people who remind them of their father. That's uh, some Freudian bullshit. I'll tell you that. Be- that's, have, you, that's, have you looked at a picture of your girlfriend's father? I know, I know her dad. Like I've met him multiple times. I don't look like her dad, and I don't think that I act like her dad. I hope I okay, do. No, 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 no. I think we're gonna run with this. Yeah, like, Jason. To. Jason, I want you to ask your girlfriend and get back to me. Do I remind you of your father? I will try my best to do that without making her what very mad said, at me. What if she says yes? What are you gonna think? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think she reminds me of my mom. <laughs> I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I didn't ask you about the mom. No. I'll, look, the whole the whole re- that's that's not. I don't think that's a real thing. I think that yes, there we look for traits that are comforting and nurturing um, that our parents may display, but I don't think that we actively seek out people that remind us of our parents. That's that's just kind of gross. You're okay. So. Something called an Oedipus complex. Yes. The Oedipus complex is a male who is attracted to his own mother. So, so it's he male, male and mom? That's the Oedipus complex. The Electra complex is the other way for women who are attracted to people that remind them of their father. That's okay. an Electra complex. I don't want to get too much into this. That's fine. Brian, you can if you want. I'm not going to touch that with a five-foot pole. But that doesn't see, the key that, is to touch it with a six-foot pole, so you feel like a little bit farther It doesn't surprise me at all that this is something that Brian brought up. Yeah, so... I'm sorry, dude. No, I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, there's fascinating stuff here, Jason. So, this... I'm fascinated. I know you are, Brian. <laughs> so, since you're in this relationship... And you're in college. Do you think that dating in college is harder than regular, I guess, outside of college? If you were maybe not high school, but like just not in college, do you think it'd be easier? No, I think dating in college is probably easier than if you're out of college. I mean, if you're in any setting where you have to see each other every day or where you're close enough that you could see each other every day, then that's way easier than if you're not. Like... If you're both out of college and you're both working a nine to five job every day, it's you're not going to see each other in the middle of the day. It, you're 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 probably not going to have much energy after you get home from work to drive to their place and and hang out there. And you may each spend the night at each other's place on the weekends, you know, but I think that dating in college where it's it's so convenient to see each other because you're going to the same place every day. You live relatively close to each other. That's I think that's a lot easier. That makes sense. And that was well said. Thank you. Jason, we're going to go five rapid-fire questions for you. First thought that comes to your mind, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I want your fast food meal for breakfast and for dinner. Which fast food place are you going to? For breakfast, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. And for dinner, I'm either going to Wendy's or Taco Bell. Would you rather have a pet rabbit or pet squirrel? Um, I definitely a squirrel. I didn't. I don't, I've never seen a squirrel in captivity before. That would be very interesting. All right. What is the weirdest food you've eaten? Um, alligator. Wow. How was that? Tastes like chicken. Okay. Huh. Moving on. <laughs> um, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? 
Um, Italy. What is your favorite place to listen to music? My favorite place to listen to music? Yeah. I guess my car. Or I, I listen to podcasts more often, but... You I listen to this. Yeah, you yeah listen I listen to this. Awesome. Um, <laughs> last, last, last rapid fire question. Would you say that you are where you thought you would be five years in the past? <laughs> Dude, five years... What, what was five years ago? Junior year of high school? I think junior year of high school, I thought I'd be in culinary school. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm, I mean... Oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jason is a master chef. <laughs> this dude can cook. He is great at cooking. If you ever want Jason to come by, let me know, and he'll cook for you. I'll give you his number, and maybe you can pay him off. I mean, yeah, if you have people who listen to this that are going to pay me to cook for them, by all means, reach out to Max, and I'll come cook for you. All right, you heard it there first. Jason, my man, thank you for stopping by on the podcast. Absolutely. I'll, have me back. I will come back anytime you want, Max. All right, there you have it. And that was Jason, guys. I hope you enjoyed him. Moving on to an interesting topic. I think that it's a fundamental principle of being nice to everyone. Brian, would you agree? I, I would say, yeah, when we're like... It, it's good to live in a society where people trust each other and treat each other as equals and are nice to each other. But there is a toxic niceness. Like, there's a limit. You shouldn't right. go around and be like, how are you today? Because right. that just seems sure. fake. But, like, sure. you should treat people as people, like, genuinely. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna add something to the fire, which I don't think a lot of people have thought about when you're being nice to someone. So always be nice to someone. Use manners, of course. But what if you're mean to someone and that person is the person who invents teleportation? All of a sudden, you now cannot teleport because you were mean to that person. Granted, you should not just use this as the only excuse to be nice to someone. And if you do, I wouldn't tell that person. You should be nice because you're a great person. And you should be nice to everybody. But also, teleportation is going to happen one day. I'm convinced. I think in the next 30 years, I think we can have it. I know you probably think it's going to be earlier. But I would say 30 years is our mark. And what we're going to be able to do with this is going to be unreal. Mr. Elon Musk, smartest guy, probably in the past... 20 so years okay dude it's gonna be way earlier than that and i can tell you why at least in my opinion elon musk is working on this thing called Neuralink, which effectively implemented he he wants to use it if the world gets shitty enough to upload our consciousness into minecraft anything that can scan our consciousness and put it onto a computer Basically, at that point, anything that we've ever imagined can be made into a thing by just putting it into a computer and being like, how do we do this? So any invention that we'll ever want to invent will just be there in a database that we can just look at. What if... So teleportation, as soon as Neuralink gets figured out, we'll have teleportation, but that's also going to cause a lot of problems. So What if if Elon Musk already knows how to do teleportation? He's just waiting. I feel like Elon Musk already knows how to do everything, and he's just kind of slowly parsing it out to the world and at a rate in which so which we don't go insane. Right. Fair enough. Which, and I think that he's 30 steps beyond me and probably everybody. Yeah. And teleportation, I think it's just such a fascinating concept to me because if we can get from point A to B like a, in a snap of a finger and we can go to Peru – just by walking out the door. What? Could you imagine? I don't think we would be... Our bodies wouldn't know how to handle it. We would literally... Yeah. But at the same time, then Earth, 
then we kind of seem like we're all one Earth. Like, not, like, essentially, so we're in Virginia right now. And it would seem like we would still be in Virginia, just in, like, another city of Virginia. But we're all the way in Peru. Because right. we're going one, essentially, like, one door over. Right, it would all just be one country. Yeah. It would be, it would require a lot less hate to be in the world to have technology like that and implement it. And then eventually because, I feel like, like there would be one universal language. Because we would be able to go everywhere at once. And there would be some places that, like, would be super crowded. Like, New York City, Tokyo, the, all the major cities would be super crowded. And there would be some places that have nobody. I would move to one of the places with nobody. <laughs> I would take, like, six of my friends, like, you know, some women, go start a colony just away from everything and shut down the teleportation to that area and just be away from everything. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that I would want to have both. I think I would want to be, like, one day, I would want to live in the place that had nobody, but be able to walk outside yeah, and go to the place. With yeah, it'd be nice to take a vacation every now and then, but, yeah. like... I, I wouldn't want to live in a world where, like, someone could just, like, show up in my living room. That's, I don't know. We, we There's still so much darkness in the world at this point where having, like, anybody having the ability to just pop in and out of wherever they want sounds terrifying. And then me. in combat, if there was a war, somebody could literally go through a place and then just sneak up on the person's back and boom, that's it. Yeah, we'd have to be done with war. I feel like once we get to a, technolog- a certain technological standpoint, we'll just realize, like, oh, war was silly. Let's just not do that anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, last thing I want to talk about today Thank you all for listening so far. I hope you've had a good time. I've had a great time today. When we're talking about all these advancements in technology and things of that nature, these are all supposed to be positive. Don't I wouldn't look at teleportation and these new scientific inventions as something negative because we are all trying to get better as a society, as people, as homo sapiens, whatever. We all want to get better. There's a new movement right now that and I want to talk about, and I don't plug many things, but I think this is kind of important. There's a something called teamtrees.org. What this is is started by a lot of famous YouTubers in social media presence. They, For every dollar that you donate to teamtrees.org, one tree will be planted wherever forests need trees. Their goal is 20 million trees by... January 1st, 2020. They're already at 14 million. People like Elon Musk have already donated donated a million trees. And I think it's important because we need trees to survive. They emit oxygen, and we use oxygen to breathe. And it's important, especially with all the destruction going on right now and the deforestation of different rainforests. TeamTrees.org. Please, if you're if you're listening, all the small donations make a lot on the majority of the 14 million trees, and it would mean a lot to a lot of people, to species, to animals, to humans, to everything living in the world. We need trees. If you're there, donate. It would mean a lot. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm working on a sponsorship right now. I have contacted Nabisco. For those of you that know Nabisco, they're in charge of Oreo cookies, Nutter Butter, Handy Snacks, Ritz Crackers, all of those snacks. I'm working on that. We'll see if they can sponsor me. The chances of them sponsoring me, probably not high. But hey, shoot for the moon and reach for the stars, and maybe you'll be able to get a galaxy or two along the way.
For Brian Penzak, I'm Max Weinswag. You always get to where you're going by walking away from where you have been. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.